Welcome and thank you for tuning in. I'm Drew McKenna. And I'm Deborah McKenna. And this podcast is all about getting to know Jesus in his cultural context of first century Israel, where he lived, what he taught, and what does it all mean for us, those who follow him today. Deborah, I think when we stop and consider how many idioms we use in our modern world today, it becomes a lot easier for our listeners to understand the importance of knowing just a few from the time period when Jesus walked the earth. In the previous podcast, we talked briefly about Jesus, how Jesus' audience would have understood what it means to bind or loose, what it meant to have a good eye or a bad eye. To bind means to prohibit, and to loose means to allow. A good eye is to be a generous person, and of course a bad eye is to be a stingy person. Today, let's zoom in on what may be the most misunderstood or the least accurately interpreted idiom, to abolish or to fulfill. Okay, here's what's recorded in Matthew 5 that Jesus said, quote, Do not think I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. I think most of us have heard the interpretation of what Jesus says goes something like this. I came as a fulfillment for everything written in the law and spoken of by the prophets. I'm him. I'm the Messiah. You know, on the surface, that would seem correct. However, when I read this in the context and consider what else he said, this explanation just doesn't fit very well. Well, what do you mean by it doesn't fit well with the context of the text? To many, it may seem pretty clear. Okay, to start with, I want to emphasize when Jesus says he is not abolishing but fulfilling. This statement comes near the start of the famous Sermon on the Mount. And what is he doing? He's teaching people. Second, immediately after he makes the famous statement of abolish and fulfill, he explains how not the smallest letter of the law, Torah, will pass away until it is accomplished. Thirdly, he then says, whoever then annuls one of the least of these commandments and so teaches others the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever keeps and teaches them will be great in the kingdom of heaven. And finally, he talks about the teachers of the law slash Torah and how they teach and live their teachings out. All of these statements immediately clues me into the idea that there's really something else here greater than a statement about his position as Messiah. Could it be if to abolish or fulfill is an idiom commonly used by the teachers of his day, those listening to him would have understood? If that's correct, how might it affect our understanding? When I learned that the term to abolish or to fulfill was a technical term commonly used by the teachers in Israel during first century, and the technique is still used today, I was amazed. When I understood Jesus' use of this term and how he intended his listeners to understand it, I realized I had to change my thinking completely. If we believe that Jesus is the Messiah, our Savior, we will desire the most accurate way to understand God's instructions for life. 
Before we continue with this Hebraic idiom, why don't you help our listeners understand what the English word law means here? Sure. What Christians commonly call the Old Testament was and is broken down into three sections. The first five books uh, are known as the Torah, which means instructions or teachings. The second group is known as the prophets, and the third, the writings. So basically, when Jesus says law and the prophets, he's referring to the first five books, Torah, and the prophetic books. I really like this explanation David Biven from Jerusalem Perspective gives. The word Torah means teaching. It is guidance, instruction, or direction that aims you to hit the mark of the fullest life the Father in Heaven intends for His children. It's God's instructions to man for living a life of blessing and joy. Understanding that the word Torah, what it means, I can see how this Hebrew word translated into the English word law gives a very negative connotation. It sounds like some more like some sort of legal, negative legal document with a burdensome list of rules. Let's share with our listener what it means to abolish the law or Torah. I know you and I have both talked about this and have taught about it over the years, but could you explain how the teachers of Jesus Day probably understood this? Sure, I'd love to. Okay, the, first of all, the literal Greek for the word abolish here means to destroy, as in destroy the Torah. I think the question should be, how could a teacher destroy instructions given by God? Uh, the first thing that comes to my mind when I say destroy is the teachers either remove or ignore the instruction completely. But that just doesn't make sense because Jesus immediately states not one word would pass away from the law. So it's got to mean something else. I think possibly a better way to think of it is how the biblical scholar David Biven said it. Rather than destroy... It would make more sense in the ancient language to say cancel. A teacher could come and cancel something through his or her explanations about the Torah and the prophets. Basically, by teaching the instructions and words of God incorrectly, they're canceling, or as the literal Greek says, destroying their intended purpose in the lives of their students so that people wouldn't live it out. Okay, so when Jesus said, I did not come to abolish the law slash Torah or the prophets, his listeners, especially the other teachers who were also listening to him, understood what he was saying. I think what they heard from him was this. My teachings, those I'm about to give you, will not cancel or destroy the intentions of their author, God. You can trust what I'm about to teach you is the correct way. I think we tend to forget when Jesus says abolishing or fulfilling, he is introducing what is probably the greatest teaching of God's word in the Bible and is best known as the Sermon on the Mount. However, I don't want to rabbit trail off into the content of the teaching in this podcast. Maybe in the future we'll take a look at it. Our focus right now is understanding the Hebraic idioms being, excuse me, idioms being used and how knowing them will bring greater understanding to us. Yeah, yes, let's stay on track and focus on the next part of the idiom Jesus used, 
Not only did he say, I did not come to abolish, destroy, or cancel the law, Torah, and the prophets, he added, I came to fulfill. I've heard more than one speaker admittedly say Jesus was proclaiming that he is the fulfillment of the law and the prophets, the Messiah, and the Old Testament was finished, that we don't need it anymore. Yes, I've heard the same thing, and on the surface, again, it seems to make sense, because we didn't know it was a first century idiom. Especially when we read from the Gospel of John, particularly I have 1930, Jesus said, it is finished, the moment before he died on the cross. It is true that Jesus is the Messiah and the fulfillment of the promises given by God in the Torah and through the prophets. But that isn't what he's referring to in the abolish and fulfill idiom he used. It's all about letting his listeners know what is coming in his teaching. So Jesus is saying the teaching you're about to hear from me will not destroy or cancel what God meant for them to be. We might say it this way. I won't lead you astray by misinterpreting God's word so that you won't obey it. Next, he adds, but I came to fulfill. Some might say it's obvious that if one doesn't destroy or cancel something, it's the same thing as taking care of it. Almost, but not really. Not destroying or canceling something is not the same as protecting, affirming, or improving it. Uh, the first image which comes to my mind is our old Chevy Tahoe. We don't drive it very much these <laughs> days, so it just sits out in the weather. It gets hot, cold, rained on, snowed on. If we don't start it, change the oil, clean it, maybe polish the paint occasionally, and protect the interior, eventually what's going to happen to it? I can tell you exactly what will happen, because it's happened to me. I will get in when you are at home, and it won't start, because the battery is dead. What you're saying, for our car to function correctly, we have to take care of it. It isn't enough to just park it and expect it to work when we, when we need it. We have to do more. We have to be proactive and follow the manufacturer's instructions. Yes. In the case of our car, we could hit it, abuse it by driving it off the road, or just plain not maintain it by never changing the oil, that would destroy or cancel its usefulness to us. Leaving it sitting outside in the elements while not actively or intentionally desiring to harm it, we are still destroying our car. I think it's the same way with teaching the Torah. We can cancel and destroy it by both teaching it incorrectly and by not living out what is being taught. I like that. What you're saying is teaching comes in at least two forms— what we say, and what we do. Either of these can cancel or destroy what should be learned from the teaching. If I'm understanding it correctly, Jesus is stating, and the listeners of his day understood it, his teachings, both what he says and what he does, will not undermine or be an incorrect interpretation of what God intended. But what about the second part? We really haven't really touched on that yet. He said he would fulfill. His teachings would fulfill what God wants his people to know and understand, how to live it out. You know, I think you said it best when you explained, uh, to a class, uh, when you explained in a class that you taught. Please tell our listeners how a teacher in Jesus' day, and for that matter, 
can fulfill, excuse me, let me rephrase that here. Please let us know how the listeners in Jesus' day, and for that matter, today in our day, can we fulfill God's word? Well, I appreciate how Ray Vonderlaan explains this idiom to his students. The idiom to fulfill Torah and the prophets means the teacher will establish, make clear, make obvious how to live out the commandment or instruction by correctly interpreting it. They will fill in those areas that aren't quite clear to us so we can daily live them out. I think all of us can think of a time when a teacher explained something that we just weren't getting it. Then all of a sudden it was obvious. The light bulb went off. Or on, I should say. The light bulb went on. (laughs) But in the process of explaining or teaching on a subject, the danger is always that we might destroy or cancel the original intent of the instruction. Yes. And if we go back to the text, how does Jesus follow up the statement, I did not come? to destroy but to fulfill. He says, For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke of the pen will pass from the law until all is accomplished. He explains not one written letter in the Torah will be destroyed, canceled, or annulled. His teaching will make it clear and correct how to live it, not removing even the smallest detail from it. Okay, I have to ask our favorite question at this point in our podcast. Why do we need to know this? Hmm. You know, I think from a Bible studying standpoint, it helps us to understand what Jesus is saying about the teaching he's, uh, he's going to give. But from a more practical, relevant way, he's given us an instruction about how we should approach Bible teachings. We can evaluate as a student and as a teacher of the Bible, what is being taught. However, if the interpretation destroys, takes away, annuls, cancels, possibly ignores, and doesn't make clear God's intent and purposes, it's probably wrong. He's given us a simple but powerful learning and teaching tool. I like how Ray Vonderlaan sums it up. Jesus did not say, I've come here not to throw the Torah out, but I've come to fulfill it so we don't need it anymore by dying on the cross. Rather, he came as a typical rabbi and said to his audience, Listen, I didn't come to misinterpret the Torah so you won't obey it anymore. I came to interpret the Torah so clearly that you'll know exactly what to do to obey it perfectly. He never says people should not live out God's instructions found in the Torah. Yes, and what follows this idiom is probably the greatest teaching of Torah, God's word in the New Testament. He covers subject after subject about everything from prayer to how to treat those around us, and all of it is right out of what we call the law or Torah and the prophets. So using what we learned today, did we abolish or fulfill God's instructions? Did we take away anything? Or did we make something more clear and understandable for those listening to us? You know what? I hope it's the latter. <laughs> I know, at least for me, learning these idioms that were common, commonly used in Jesus' day, that his listeners understood, especially abolish and fulfill, has really helped me to understand Jesus' words. 
You know, I think one of the problems that we have is because our Bibles were written so long ago, it's often really difficult to understand. But if we just sit down and begin to grasp hold of a few of the idioms used by Jesus in his day, like abolish and fulfill, you know what? His words will make more sense in our day. Well, we're about out of time now, and I want to take this moment to thank all of those who have tuned into our podcast. Deborah and I often ask ourselves, who'd want to listen to this kind of stuff? <laughs> really, what I hope is that you're like Deborah and I. We don't want to be just saved. We want to be able to follow our Messiah, Jesus, and know Him. Yes, let's get to know Him. Get to know what He taught and go live it out. You know what? You all have a blessed day. Thanks for tuning in. We look forward to you checking us out in our next podcast.